This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. I scooped you on this one. <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were getting ready to do the intro, and I decided, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Blurring the Lines podcast. As always, I'm your host, Peter Nicolaitis. With me is my co-host, Adam Bell. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Not quite that fast, but I'm, I'm well. <laughs> you are from Nashville, after all. <laughs> Got to slow it down just a little bit. Uh, boy, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I've been working on slowing down a little bit again, um, going along with the whole yoga meditation thing. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be at least 20 years ago. I remember one of my New Year's resolutions was to not interrupt people when they were talking. Ooh, and then did you get to the point where you were uh, not waiting to talk but listen? I did. Oh, that's, that's even better. And really, really challenging with people who never shut up. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I try to make my point and then get off and then let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but it, it, it's fun too because like all of a sudden every sentence that you have is like a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... The funny thing is, if people are listening with a podcatcher that trims silence, they're not going to get the joke at all. <laughs> yeah. right? You're not going to understand that we're taking poignant pregnant pauses in between for <laughs> to avoid not, you know, to deliberately avoid cutting each other off, which I have to say, when you're at home on Skype on the satellite connection is hard because the Yeah. The delay messes with things. <laughs> I can tell. I'm like, wow, he, he's really waiting. That's really, I'm, I'm really impressed. <laughs> no, no, it was latency. It wasn't him being polite at all. Oh, boy. So, how you been? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. I've been doing well. Um, we did CrossFit today. That was a uh, good workout. So, well, my oldest daughter is doing CrossFit um, with us. Well, with me, I mean, with me and the rest of the class, which is pretty cool. Cause you know, I'm kind of happy that my 17 year old daughter likes to hang out with me some, I mean, not That's like, cool. yeah, not like all the time and weird, but you know, it's nice that she does like me some. So <laughs> 17 and still talking to you. Yeah. She's still talking to me now, you know, her mother, well, I guess it's because her mother, it's her fault for everything. And I'm, you know, good cop, bad cop. I guess I'm the good cop. <laughs> Got it. That's, that, that reminds me. I'm taking, uh, I've been taking tango lessons now for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Just learning. I'm still, I'm still a beginner. You know, I've yeah. only like actively danced a few, you know, songs with like a handful of women and stuff. Um, but my teacher tells me that I'm doing very well, mostly because I have like, body awareness and stuff and uh -huh. I can tell when my body is I may not always be able to correct it to do the right thing because I don't know all these moves just yet but at least yeah. I can tell when I'm doing the wrong thing so <laughs> you know like I can tell when I'm stepping on the lady's toes mm -hmm. <laughs> like I shouldn't have done that so um, oh. 
It, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I wouldn't say that that's my strength. Stepping dancing. on toes? Well, uh, dancing in general. Dancing. Right. Uh, well, formal dancing like that. Well, um, where, where I was going with that was, uh, was I was thinking, like, do you have to, you know, given that you've got a 17-year-old daughter, do you, like, find, like, guys checking her out of the gym and you have to go over and, like, give them a beatdown or anything? Or I don't think so because, you know, I'm bigger than – a lot of those guys, you know, and so it doesn't, it does not seem to be an issue. And, and my oldest daughter is different than my youngest daughter and that she has the, uh, did you see the movie Hitch? Yes. Will, Will Smith. I saw it one time right when it first came out. Yes. Well, there, there's some language in it, but he, he talks about uh, the woman across Eva Mendez, you know, very attractive woman. She, she says, and, you know, talking about all the, re, all the messages that she was putting off to tell men to leave her alone. And he, he, he lays it out and then he says, and you practically have blank you written across your forehead. And my oldest daughter does that so well. <laughs> <laughs> she's an attractive young woman but she uh definitely uh, emits the don't talk to me <laughs> yeah. i believe that's re- that's referred to as the bitch shield <laughs> yeah she's got a she's got a good one, <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah so as 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 everybody knows you're the uh, you're the 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 good practicing and in you know in multiple ways christian and i'm not so i can cuss <laughs> <laughs> like uh was it that actor who was uh president obama's uh what anger interpreter or you know oh, really <laughs> yeah i would like channel everything that obama was thinking you know he would actually say yeah, that's, that's nice yeah, it, was right. pretty, it was pretty hilarious so that's cool though that you get to do something with your daughter and you know that uh you're not uh you're not so old as to be uncool Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, what got me thinking about uh, the tango lessons was that there's, as as the the male is generally the lead in tango, there uh-huh. we have a couple of refrains, and one is, it's always the man's fault. Yep. There you go. Right, <laughs> because you're leading, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it's always your fault if you didn't give a clear signal or you you did something, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's your fault. And I said, it is in tango as it is in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must understand women. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't going to happen, is it? Speaking of Kevin Landers, how's he doing? <laughs> yeah. He's doing all right. He's, uh, he's settling into being a dad and uh, new business. And I mean, same old business with a partner and expanded business. They're plugging along. So mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, you know, like super awesome or super bad. So, uh, but just good. Good. Good when you're raising kids. Nothing super bad is indeed good when you're raising kids. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So at CrossFit today, I was going to tell you the, the workout of the day. So, so they have what are called hero workouts. And I've heard of these. Yeah. And so they're usually epic and pretty nasty. And you're, you're like, oh my goodness, I don't really want to do it so hard. But, you know, what do you do? So today was Trevor. And Trevor is a, uh, a workout honoring a, uh, so Trevor, specialist Trevor Anthony, 
he was a gunner in the army who, who died of injuries. And, uh, so it's kind of his work. It's an honor of his, his workout. It's pretty intense. It's uh 300 pull up. Oh, well, let me preface it. Teams of four. So this isn't one person doing this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so teams- sorry. Someone was talking about this the other, just the other day. And they were talking about like, Oh yeah, it's like 200 squats, 200, this 200 of that, or a thousand, this a thousand that. And then, you know, like there's someone else at the table was just like jaw dropping it. And they're like, well, there's, it, you only have to do like a quarter of it. <laughs> yeah. It was the team like, Oh okay. yeah. Well, a human could possibly do this. Anyway. Yeah, you could. It'd just take a really, really long time. So it, in teams of four, uh, 300 pull-ups, 400 push-ups, 500 sit-ups and 600 air squats. So it was pretty intense. We didn't, we didn't do it as fast as we could have, uh, we kind of had more of a steady pace and it took us 37 minutes to do it all. Wow. Which is a really long workout in CrossFit. I mean, cause typically the workouts are, you know, 12 to 20 minutes tops a lot, you know, a lot of them are, are really short, really intense. So this one's a, a longer, but you get more rest in it, but it was good. Had we could have shortened it up quite a bit. But I was happy with it. <laughs> it's right at my pace, man. I, I start my pace the same as I end it. You know, I just kind of I I've got a steady pace and I keep going through. I'm not a sprinter. Uh, I like to finish strong. So, but it was fun. Cool. So, so one of these days, I'm going to have to come to your yoga class, and you're going to have to come to my CrossFit class. It's <laughs> a good plan. Yeah. As, uh, as you know, I think we've, yeah, we've definitely touched, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but, um, I've been doing the seven minute workouts Mm -hmm. those days when I don't leave the house for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no CrossFit, but it's, it's a reasonable, tiny little slice of CrossFit. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even seem reasonable how exhausted you are for only seven minutes of workout. Well, you know, it's like Tabata, you know, it's kind of, it, but it's not quite as intense, but I'm really surprised because there have been days when I swear, I feel like I'm working really, really hard and I'll burn like 56 calories. <laughs> and then there's another day when I don't feel I'm working all that hard and I burn 96 calories. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't find the pattern there. I mean, it's all keyed on heart rate and my Apple, you know, it's the same Apple watch that's measuring it every time I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't really know. And, and I'm talking like the same workout too, cause I've got the, um, I forget which app I'm using now. I guess it's just called seven. Okay. Uh, the app, the one in the app store and they do a free full body workout. And then once a day, they will give you another workout to choose from. Okay. And for, for free, or you can sign up and pay and have access to all the workouts all the time. Oh, okay. I'm pretty happy with the plain old generic seven minute workout, which is mm-hmm. what, um, jumping jacks, push ups, squats, dips, plank, wall sit, plank with rotation, uh, step ups, and side planks. I think that's about it. And you do each of those for like 45 seconds or 50 seconds or so with a you know, 10 or 15 second pause in between. Mm-hmm. that's the basic seven minute workout. And that's been the same on a number of different apps I, I've used. So that must be like the quote unquote seven minute workout. Right. 
but then they'll give other ones like um, legs and core for beach ready and then quick bursts. I did that <laughs> quick bursts one once. That was, that was like Tabata style. Uh -huh. So 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off or 30 seconds on and 10 seconds off. Mm -hmm. That's a killer. Yeah. That is, that is rough. Cause uh, you know, you're doing mountain climbers and running in place. Oh, that's, that's one in the core seven minute workout too. High knees running in place. That's okay. Good. I think that about covers it up, but you do that for seven minutes and you know, afterwards it's like, all right, I just, I got some exercise for sure. My heart rate was elevated. Yeah. The nice thing is like, you know, an hour later you can just do it again. Mm -hmm. And then an hour later, if you feel like it, if you've got the energy, you can just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool you know you can just re repeat this thing if you don't feel like you've got enough yeah but uh that said it's uh finally been nice i got out for my first 5k since december uh on monday mm -hmm. and then i went out for just under eight mile bike ride on tuesday because the temperature was in the 50s both days yeah and as soon as we hang up this call i'm gonna go for another run because it's uh it's about 50 and sunny right now and it's been rainy all morning you might be warmer there than we are here today we had 70 yesterday that does not happen that often yeah <laughs> so it's uh 33 here right now yeah it's 50 right now so <laughs> I'm, I'm already i'm geared up i'm ready to go for my run and uh, i'm looking forward to that yeah, last weekend we were in the we were in the 60s all weekend, and then it got up to 70 yesterday, right before it got cold again. Right, it's supposed to come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yay! <laughs> Meanwhile, up in Vermont, my father reports that everything is under a three-inch gla uh, you know glassy coating of ice. Oh no! Yeah, so <laughs> I'm glad not to be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had a birthday. Happy birthday. How did I miss that? I didn't make a big deal of it. <laughs> when, what day is your birthday? It was last week. I don't publish, I don't publicize the exact date just to, you know, make hackers have to work for it a little bit. Yeah. I think I remember. I want to I bet I could find it because I think I, there's, there's text between you and me of you going out on your birthday. I'm I can sure. find it. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, you can find the wrong date on Facebook. Oh, I just tipped my hand. That's not the right date. <laughs> yeah. But so. I did to celebrate, I uh, did buy myself tickets and went to see Ron White. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is admittedly, admit it, he's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> he, he is a guilty pleasure. And, and I can't believe my, my wife likes him. I mean, because he, he, he's one of her guilty pleasures too. I mean, yeah. it, and he cusses and he's dirty and he's vulgar. And he says the F word and she can't stand that. She can't. <laughs> she's like, I just can't stand to hear somebody, you, you know. <laughs> but when it's Ron White, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. For some reason it is. Like, <laughs> but he, did, he was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was done. Yeah. Now he's, he's pretty hilarious. Um, he did a lot of new stuff I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he ended with his uh, Tiger Woods and Dr. Phil stories. Oh, nice. Which, which Dr. Phil is he, is he talking about the one you want to go out on my boat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, it was fun. Um, you know, I've got this little, this decent theater, which apparently it's only been doing this for like the last year or so. Apparently someone, you know, bought it and revamped it, but um, decent names there that, you know, names at least people have heard of. Uh, yeah. The last, uh, last week was Ron White. Last night was uh, Aziz Ansari. Mm -hmm. 
and you know he's fairly famous comedian yeah. um he did two shows one at seven thirty and one at ten thirty or so mm-hmm. but um They've got that, and uh, I'll be going back later this month to see uh, Alan Parsons, the Alan Parsons Live Project. Oh, nice. People, some, some people ask, who's Alan Parsons? <laughs> and I'm like, I've never heard of that. I say, well, did you ever hear about the uh, or ever heard of the Alan Parsons Project? And some people are like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, I don't know. I said, you ever heard of this band called The Beatles? And they're like, yes. I said, you know the album Let It Be or Abbey Road? And mm-hmm. Alan Parsons was the producer on those. Yeah. And then I had one guy who was like, ah, I don't like the Beatles. And so, which I always, I thought was kind of funny because I'm trying to explain to this person who Alan Parsons is. <laughs> and I said, well, have you ever heard of the Beatles? No, nah, I don't like the Beatles. I don't like, it's not the conversation we're having. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that is, I didn't ask you if you liked them. <laughs> right. I was like, the conversation was, have you ever heard of, you know, or do we know who Alan Parsons is? And so, I, uh, I continued on. And I was like, well, um, you know, have you ever heard of this uh, little album called Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, I don't like Pink Floyd. Well, he does like Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. Where the conversation yeah. <laughs> I love Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. I said, well, he was the producer for Dark Side of the Moon. And then, you know, he decided to do his own thing. So mm-hmm. as it happens, Alan Parsons is coming to town in a few weeks and I'll be, uh, I'll be seeing him there. So that'll be fun. And sure. I'm taking with him one of my best friends who introduced me to Alan Parsons over 20 years. Well, just about 20 years ago. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I figure, mm-hmm. I figure if I have anybody, whoever, whoever I was going to take it deserve, you know, he deserved to be the person since he was the one who, <laughs> I don't know if I would have been a fan of Alan Parsons without him. <laughs> well, just for the record, I don't like the Beatles either. Okay. How about Pink Floyd? <laughs> uh, I, well, in, in all fairness, I don't dislike everything of the Beatles. There's just some stuff that I don't like. They've oh, yeah. got so much stuff. How could you hate everything that they have? That's right. I mean, and Pink Floyd, I mean, I, I like their stuff all right. I mean. It depends, though. I mean, there's a wide spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. early stuff is very different from the later stuff. It's very different after Roger Waters left and, you know, Dave, it was all Dave Gilmore. And so yeah, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, but to say you hate somebody's entire body of work, I guarantee anybody who's been in the music business for 22 or, you know, decades, they probably wrote something you might like. I I have to admit, there's even one song by Kid Rock that I like. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I probably like more of that than you do, uh, but... What's funny was his... So he... Well, this is kind of a sidetrack since we're here, uh, but uh, Ken Scott, who's been on the show... His wife, yeah. So the first Kid Rock record came out, and your album or whatever. It, I mean, it was a vulgar rap album. There were two. There were like two songs on it that I liked. Uh, you know, one, of course, Cowboy, and one other one. And then uh, he came out with his second album, which was more like a seventies rock. You know. It was really a good, really a good album, mm-hmm. peppered with some of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And then his third album was like all totally enjoyable music. And Ken's wife was like, I don't want to like Kid Rock. <laughs> She's like, but I like this music. I don't want to like him. <laughs> it's like being morally opposed to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and now he's got in, in Nashville, he's got his own honky tonk downtown. Of course he does. Yeah, of course he does. (laughs) (laughs) 
so does everybody right yeah. now. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you have yours? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll work down there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so in addition to my birthday, I got the usual slate of free offers and things. Uh, Starbucks would give me a free drink. Uh, uh-huh. World of Beer would give me a free drink. Uh-huh. Um, Dunkin' Donuts said they would give me a free drink. You know, so I got a lot of, a lot of freebies from uh-huh. all of those. Now, out of all of them, Starbucks is like, yeah, you need to come in on your birthday. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts gives me a week. Mm-hmm. I think I have to go like either today or to, yeah, it's, it, it expires soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, World of Beer was like, yeah, anytime this week is fine. And, and it was nice because there was no restrictions. So I went mm-hmm. in and I had a nice uh, BBC uh, Holladale, you know, an old barley mm-hmm. wine, 10.5%. Woo. I took my time on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only need one of those. Uh-huh. Pretty much. <laughs> and then I needed some time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was funny was, I don't know what happened, but somehow I misplaced my parking stub, my parking ticket. And oh. the policy there is if you don't, you know, have it, you got to pay full rate, which is 30 bucks. All day. <laughs> so I went there. I couldn't find it. And I was like, you know, I... I don't know what happened to it. I could have sworn I stuck it in a pocket. I turned my car inside out, couldn't find it, couldn't find it in my wallet. Went to the parking attendant. There's a sign there saying closed, hours of business, Monday through Friday, blah, blah, blah. Oh. This was a Saturday. Went upstairs, found the security guy. He says, no, you got to go talk to the parking office. I was like, well, I was just there. And it says that they're closed. And he calls, no, there's somebody there. I go there ready for, you know, the worst, like, okay, great. I had a free beer and a free coffee and now I'm going to pay 30 bucks for both. (laughs) Really nice guy. I was working there. He's like, well, do you remember when you got here? I pulled out my receipt for the shirts that I had bought. I was like, look, I went straight in, bought this shirt right here this time. He's like, okay, I'll charge you for two hours, four bucks. All good. Happy birthday, Uh, Peter. I was like, yay! Good customer service from a parking garage of all places. That's like having a good call with Comcast. Yeah. You should write them a Google review. I should because their average, uh, you know, I think their average is about two stars. Yeah. actually had a good response, good good experience with them. So I was happy. Um, Speaking of that, remind me which fiber optic provider you have, what speed you have, and what you're paying? So I am, right now at my home, I'm on AT&T Google Fiber, or Gigabit Fiber, sorry. Yep. Gigabit Fiber, and I'm paying like $70 a month for the fiber portion of the bill. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of a combo bill with DirecTV. But Double play. Yeah. yeah. So I believe it's like $70. I pay 150 total for my TV and my internet. Okay. Because I remember I, we talked about my issue uh, on Black Friday when I got my, my promo for Verizon where they were going to drop my price by like $50 <laughs> yeah. a month and I ended up paying $130 some odd dollars a month instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm back to mean you know measly one hundred and one dollars a month for fifty megabits <laughs> upload and download and thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like my I really like the Google Fiber or it's not Google Fiber Gigabit Fiber. Right. Yeah, it's subliminal. With- I've been marketed to by Google too much. <laughs> right. Well, I was gonna say, but you you have Google Fiber available, but you choose you chose to go with AT and T. 
Right. No, Google's no. not available in my neighborhood. Oh, it's not. I thought it was. Okay. No, it's it's really close. I mean, it's in Nashville and it's in East Nashville, which is close to me, but it's not available here. So I'm on uh, AT&T dropped fiber in my neighborhood. And I mean, they ran their own fiber right out to a box in my yard. I was like, I can't get any better service than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so we have we have three fibers available. Well, actually, actually, we have a couple more than that. So we've got Google, we've got Comcast, sure. we've got AT and T, and actually, NEC is uh, our electric service, Nashville Electric Company, or I think Corporation. Uh, but they have some dark fiber, and you can provision it and get very specific fiber. And there's some other people buying and selling reselling that right so but it is yeah you can make a buck doing it great yeah but uh you know comcast and at&t are really the only players who cover the whole metro area right you know so because comcast has their own and at&t has their own and then google's trying to get theirs provisioned and Comcast and AT&T have blocked that at every turn because what Google wants to be able to do is they want to be able to attach to poles or wherever they need to attach without requiring Comcast or AT&T to move their stuff. Exactly. And they want to have permission to be able to move it, not break it. Um, And, but they won't let them do it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, honestly, if, if I was talking about an, you know, an IT company, I, like, okay, you're, I'm doing this for my clients and you're going to come in and you're going to move my equipment, but promise not to break it. But you're, no, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no you can't touch it. <laughs> can't touch it. I mean, and it's not, it's not petty. Yeah. It is, you've, you're, they're paying you for a service and you've got to be able to provide it. So, I mean, to a degree, you don't want to give your competition inroads, but at the same time, you kind of see where they're coming from. Right. Yep. I hear you. I hear Mm -hmm. you. So, okay. What else we got? Well, I want to hear, I want to hear the story of Oreos. I mean, what's the big (laughs) deal about a Oreo? So a couple of weeks ago, I was in the uh, store and I saw, that, I mean, they always have new Oreos now, right? I mm-hmm. mean, back when I was a kid, there was Oreos <laughs> and then there was Oreo double stuff. Right. Which I don't think are technically double the stuff of regular Oreos. No, it's like a third. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Oreo one and a half stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, in addition to all these different kinds, and now there's vanilla and mint and Oreo thins and Oreos minis and Oreo ice creams and yogurt, etc. cetera. Uh, now there's Oreos most stuff. Most. And by my estimation, these really do have double the stuff because I took one apart and inside it's just two regular Oreo fillings glued together between two regular Oreo sandwiches. So they just took the filling and made them land twice. and Exactly. So I think <laughs> these really are technically double stuff. Mm-hmm. 110 calories per cookie. Awesome. Yeah. Now the cookie wafers themselves, I forget, I think are only like 
20 calories. Mm -hmm. So you've got like 90 calories of sugar (laughs) wedged into this little wafer thing. I ate two of them. This was a few weeks ago. Adam, I'm not making this up. I was hungover the next morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the cookie challenge. From a freaking cookie. Well, two, two cookies. Yeah. You got the Tide Pod challenge and then the Oreo cookie. (laughs) Oh, man. That almost killed me. (laughs) I was like, I felt terrible the next morning and I had to go to jiu-jitsu. Going and doing martial arts with a hangover is not fun. And, and not at all impressive when you tell them how it came about. Yeah. Well, you had a great time last night. Uh, not uh, really. <laughs> yeah, I partied hard. Oh, yeah, what'd you have? Two Oreos? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> were, were they soaked in something? or? Yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty horrible. I, I felt terrible. <laughs> oh man so yeah so that was fun but anyway if you are a, a masochist and you really want to have some uh, some pain in your life and you're you're sensitive to sugar try oreo most stuff what about like as a, a pre-workout <laughs> i don't know man i see what i ended up doing was i ended up just slicing out the fillings and throwing that down the drain <laughs> And and taking the wafers and eating those or taking the wafers and throwing them into a protein shake as opposed to like, you know, uh, cocoa powder or something. Mm -hmm. And that worked out much better when I just took the the creamy crack center, threw that away. I was going to say maybe it's crack. (laughs) Well, there was a study and of course now word is finally coming out that, you know, these studies are not always to be trusted because... (laughs) Just about anybody can get published for just about anything. Uh, but there was a study some years back which said, according to their results of their study, that Oreos were addic- as addictive in mice as crack. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> now, again, that's one study, and there were definitely plenty of follow-ups where people were like, well, actually, so wow. take that with a grain of salt or with an Oreo you know, cookie wafer, as the case may be. Well, 64 point. of all statistics are made up on the spot. That's right. That is right. That is a valid number. Although, um, according to one study, it's 80. 80? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, So, that's Oreos. And then, um, as I I finally wind down over the next couple of months, I hope to be finishing my 500-hour registered yoga teacher certification. Mm -hmm. And uh, so naturally, being the uh, complacent couch potato style person that I am, I'll be <laughs> yeah. nothing to do after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just found out that the hospital has a tuition reimbursement program and that I qualify for it. So you are going to be Dr. Nicolaitis, aren't you? Back to school. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else is paying for it. And it's yeah. great. So I've talked to three different colleges so far, including Vermont Technical College, my, my alma mater from, mm-hmm. from the good old days, because um, I figured, you know, there shouldn't be a problem with transfer credits there, Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also talked to two others, and the initial, you know, robocall response came back pretty quickly. And uh, then I talked to people, these call screeners, they, I swear, they are working off the exact same script. Huh. 
So this is a college in northern Vermont and another in southern New Hampshire. They both offer completely online degrees in cybersecurity or, I don't know, I, I could also see myself going for an MBA or you know, mm -hmm. who knows, whatever. Um, but they asked the exact same questions, like, why are you interested in this now? Have you ever taken any sort of online training? Um, you know, uh, courses are the, like, the program is this and this. You need to do one discussion topic, and you need to submit a paper by Thursday at 11.59 p.m. Yeah, we say, like, you, know, you need to put in 10 to 20 hours a week, yada, yada. The exact same thing. It's like, huh, makes me wonder if they're not, you know, affiliated or they're repackaging the exact same mm -hmm. courses or something. So, um, anyway, so that's, that's interesting. Helen, they asked like, you know, like, have you talked to anybody about doing this? And yeah, I said, well, yeah, I talked to uh, the guy I report to at work and, uh, some family members and some friends and they're like, why are you interested in doing it now? Cause someone else is picking up the tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. can't really come up with a better reason than that. For me. Um, I'm a, I like to learn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, yeah. That, that's it. You know, yeah. I'm always looking to learn something new. So. I have a desire to learn. Is that not enough reason to go to school? <laughs> there you go. I want to learn. So, yeah, so that'll be exciting if I go ahead and, and do that. Um, one of the colleges got right back to me and, you know, gave me the forms and I requested transcripts from the various institutions where I've studied. And then another one, I didn't hear anything for a week. So I called them today and said, hey, just haven't heard anything. You know, they're like, yep, oh, okay, I'll resend it. And I'm like, I was like, what's the email address you're using? And since my email address contains my name, I had an idea of where the problem was. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, they spelled my last name N-I-K-O-L-A-I-D-I-A. -I -I <laughs> like, no, I'm not Peter Nicolaidia. It's Nicolaitis. <laughs> There's a difference. And as soon as they figure that out, then boom, here's your application forms, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you were to go to a traditional school, like a traditional college classrooms where there's, you know, 19 year old students and stuff, you would be that guy that we all hated because yep. you'd be uh, the old dude who comes in with a 4.0 that screws up the curve because he studied. We all got 80s and he got 100. We uh -huh. could have got 100 if he had gotten an 80. <laughs> How does he do that? How does this guy do this, right? And now it's like, now I know the secret. You know what the secret is? You actually have to give a damn. <laughs> yeah. When you I care. Know. And that's really hard to do when you're in your teens and 20s, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not easy for most people, so. Well, you know, it's hard to believe now that we were expected to, un, you know, take on like five or six completely different topics all at the same time and take mm -hmm. tests on those. And, I mean, I guess, I guess my brain was much more malleable then because that's a hard thing for me to do now to study that intently on that many different topics. Diverse topics, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. <laughs> so well, let's um, let's let's move on a little bit. Um, okay. I had uh, one thing. So we I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but um, are you familiar with Let's Encrypt? I'm not familiar with Let's Encrypt. Okay, well then, we must not have talked about it or, you know, you're getting old and you forgot we did. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe both. <laughs> Let's Encrypt, it's a project that was started a few years back and it is a free certificate authority program. Uh, the idea is, so not, not, not authority program, it's a free program or a program for generating free TLS certificates. SSL certificates. Okay. okay. So rather than having to go to a company like GoDaddy or Network Solutions or VeriSign and purchasing a certificate, they are a recognized certificate authority. And uh, it's a nonprofit organization. And it lets you generate certs for your website. So again, mm -hmm. if you're going to a web server or you know sending email, you're doing so securely, and um, you go to say whatever you know, any time you go for a website and you look for the little padlock icon, okay, this is that padlock icon. This is what makes that little padlock icon uh, affordable. Makes uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what makes it work, and now it's free, which is really cool. Well. As with all things free and open source, there's a price to be paid for it. You know, there's mm -hmm. a little bit of administration. And as of a recent upgrade, they no longer support an older authentication method. Right. So if you're running Let's Encrypt uh, CertBot version 0 .10, uh, you need to upgrade to at least version 0.28 to use okay. a supported mechanism. Otherwise, everything breaks. Mm-hmm. So, here's the catch. Now, I was running a version of Debian Linux uh, on our production web servers, and I like Debian. It's been one that I've used for, for many years now. It's rock solid. It's easy to manage. Mm -hmm. Also tends to stick with kind of old software, so stuff doesn't change that often, including Let's Encrypt. Mm -hmm. so the version of Debian I was on, Let's Encrypt was stuck at version 0.10. Yeah. So I looked at it and I tried to do what's called backports where you'll take newer software packages from newer versions of Debian and pull them down into your older version. Mm -hmm. And that was just going to break things left and right. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, how hard is it really to just upgrade to the latest version of Debian that has the new version of Let's Encrypt? Oh, how Turns hard out it be? wasn't that hard. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I love Debian, because out of all the Linuxes, uh, you know, the maintenance is really, really easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a while ago, I went from Debian version 6 to 8. Going to 8 from 8 to 9 was trivial compared to that. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a few little glitches where some config files had moved around, so some things weren't working right, including, oddly enough, Monit. So Monit is a software package I use for, as the name implies, monitoring services. Mm -hmm. And it can monitor all kinds of things. Like it can monitor CPU usage, process count, disk space, monitor whether things are running or aren't running, and take appropriate action. Well, I would fire up the server, and then the mail server would start. Monit would start up. It would look. It would say, hey, I don't see where this email server's executable file is, where you told me it is. Therefore, I'm going to kill the running process. Okay. <laughs> so as a result, email was failing on this mm -hmm. box, and all kinds of stuff is not working when email is not working. Mm -hmm. So I had to fiddle with that for a little while, figured out what had happened. The postfix mail server binary on Debian had moved from like over here to over there. Mm -hmm. I had to tell Monit, yo, 
chucklehead. It's over there now. And then everything worked <laughs> yeah. great. So uh, in a couple of hours, I managed to fix the Let's Encrypt issue on that box as well as get a free upgrade in the process. So Nice. And it's just like doing that kind of stuff today is so much easier than that would have been like 10, 12 years ago when it would have been a, a physical box. Yeah. You know, think about it. It was a physical box in somebody's data center somewhere having to go through this process. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, this is just virtual machines. Now that things are containerized, it's even simpler than what I was doing, but still leaps and bounds ahead of where we were 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you were able to uh, recompile to a newer kernel and it, and it be compatible. Yeah. Not just a newer kernel, but a full base, you know, suite of operating system programs and applications, web server, email server, firewalls, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it just works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great. You know, there was virtually no downtime mm-hmm. and, uh, and things are going. So, but anyway, public service announcement, if you have a website and if it is protected with a TLS certificate from Let's Encrypt, check with your web host, make sure that you are running an up-to-date version because real soon now it will all stop working. Yeah. Well, and my, you know, it's funny that you say that because I've got my, uh, my mission trip website and I have it kept with a certificate because I capture some confidential information. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be, especially when I'm getting ready to take somebody out of the country, I've got to get enough information that it's social. It could be socially engineered and used against that person. So I encrypt sure. it. Yep. So, absolutely. But, uh, but I'm using GoDaddy's and I don't know what they use if they're using their own or if they're um, using Let's Encrypt. I wonder. GoDaddy is a separate certificate authority. It's, it's a proprietary one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, Starfield Tech. If if you are if if you were using GoDaddy and they were using Let's Encrypt, then you're essentially paying them for almost nothing. Paying them for nothing. Well, you are correct, but uh, it's like. It's like $50 to add the certificate to my website. Right. And I don't have to do anything other than buy it. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, but like I was saying, you know, there's work that comes in to maintaining Let's Encrypt. Mm-hmm. It's a free thing, but nothing is truly free. Mm-hmm. And those certificate providers, they do provide some value. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the trick is those, like some of them are providing very little value. Yeah. Now I, you know, we, I still have the web hosting business and I am reselling Let's Encrypt. I, I'm selling quote unquote secure websites mm-hmm. right? and included in that is this yes, free certificate. But what mm-hmm. we're charging for is a labor charge to maintain this thing. Yeah. Because you know? I, I assure you, not a single one of our hosting clients would ever be able to do this on their own. Oh no. Period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's some value there. So I don't mean to downplay the, the value. It's just that oh. some of those certificate vendors have really price gouged. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, so as far yeah, we, as the good stuff from let's encrypt, I think that's good that it's bringing the, those prices down a little bit. Cause we used to pay, um, if you wanted a wild card, you could mm-hmm. spend between three and $700 for a wild card back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Now I think they've come way down. I want to say they're probably between one and 200, but that's still pretty expensive oh, yeah. for, for a wild card certificate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. And to clarify what a, a wild card certificate is covering an entire domain instead of, instead of www.blurringthelinespodcast.com, just blurringthelinespodcast.com and anything we put under that, Adam.blurringthelinespodcast.com. Peter.blurringthelinespodcast. Garbage.blurringthelinespodcast.com, which does not exist. Don't try to go there. Yeah, don't go there. You'll just be redirected. (laughs) So it's funny. I I read your Let's Encrypt. Uh, uh, So I have been... Uh, I've been messing with uh, Bitdefender. Are you, I mean, totally different encryption. I mean, this is totally different encryption altogether. This is hard drive encryption to protect your hard drives if they get stolen. The data Mm -hmm. cannot be recovered. So do you use and like Bitdefender? Bitdefender is one of those few companies which is along, you know, the lines of uh, ConnectWise, whom I will never ever do business with again. <laughs> uh, Defender is one of those. I'm sorry. I said uh, I said Bitdefender. I meant BitLocker. Ah. Microsoft's BitLocker. I apologize. Yes, that I use. Yeah, yeah. And I use the um, Sophos safeguard to manage it. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's just a way. So yeah, BitLocker is the built-in drive encryption that comes with now every copy of Windows. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sophos, rather than rolling their own now, they've just become a good way to manage the native operating system encryption. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Because I, I got my new, uh, my new laptop that I've been planning on getting for a while, my, new X, my Dell XPS 13, which is the window, a Dell version of a, a Dell kind of version of a Mac Air, the new MacBook Air. Yep. It's not a MacBook Air, but <laughs> it's not. But yep. it, <laughs> but I, I needed the 100% capability out of the Windows operating system. I wasn't going to spend that because all I'm going to do with that is travel. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I travel, I need to have a smaller version, but I need to have 100% capacity to do anything that I would need to do at the office. And I cannot justify it for a MacBook that I really, really like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it gets me like 90% there, but it's that other hundred, you know, that other 10% that drives you insane because you can't quite do your job. So anyway, so I've got Bitdefender set BitLocker (laughs) configured in my domain and I put put the computer in the OU, join it to the group. It automatically encrypts the hard drive. I've got a TPM chip in it, stores the, uh, the encryption key in Active Directory automatically. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it used to be such a big hassle to try to encrypt anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we used to be using things like TrueCrypt and mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of other solutions and stuff. And now that it's really, you know, that it's finally included in the, um, you know, in the operating systems, it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's it's much nicer. Yeah. Thank you, Microsoft. We don't say that very often. (laughs) 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 Oh, so. All right. What else we got? So the, uh, 
I was going to give kind of a report on my four hour work week challenge right. you know, to modify to actually work eight hours per week instead of, you know, I'm not eight, ready. Eight hours per week or eight hours uh, per day? I'm sorry, eight hours per day. Trying yeah. to get down to eight hours per day. Okay. Let's just, let's just make sure we're on the right topic here. Yeah. So week one, I worked 53 hours that week. Um, week two, I worked 50 and this week I'm projected to work 47. So you're cutting, you're, you're making it, you're getting yeah. it. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not even yet to a regular work week, but I'm, I'm becoming more efficient. And really if I, if I'm getting ready to do something that is going to be non-productive and I don't, I don't have like non-productive, like I'm sitting watching Facebook or whatever. I do uh, procrastination moves of this would be much more fun if I worked out this issue of why this won't install on this particular server. Mm -hmm. That's not what I should be doing. No, I should be doing something else. But it's more fun, isn't it? It's more fun. And it's, you know, like I said, it's a procrastination move to doing something you like more or maybe just dislike less than what you really need to be doing. So yep. I'm getting there. Just, do it sure. just stop working altogether. You know, there's too much guilt and shame with that. <laughs> For some people. For some people. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be lazy. I just feel it. Uh, I feel like I've got to do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. We, we so you got that reading lists. We've yeah. been reading a lot more lately. Yeah, we have been reading a lot more. Um, which one do you want to talk about yours first? Yeah. So I finally read "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff." P.S. It's all small stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you may recall we talked about, I think it was more than a year ago, the subtle art of not giving a leap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my thought was that, you know, that was just going to be a rehash of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Right. I had never actually read Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Mm -hmm. Turns out it wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. The subtle art of not giving a, a, a F is not about that. Um, they're similar. But... Um, not surprisingly, Don't Smith the Small Stuff came across as pretty dated. Mm -hmm. That's not surprised because it's kind of old. <laughs> it's yeah. more than 20 years old. So, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, it, it was pretty old. Um, it, it was okay. It was certainly, you know, worth a, a quick read. It wasn't very big. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really like it as much as the subtle art. Yeah. If you can get over the vulgar, or maybe they make a, you know, a kid version, you know, or, or I, I don't know. But... Um, but I, I didn't get as much out of it. It was, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff like, well, um, you know, dated stories about um, families and just, I, it didn't resonate with me as much. I don't know what it was. Not, nothing mm -hmm. against family. Yeah. It's just, it didn't, it didn't click. And I didn't see like really what was such a big deal about that book. Mm -hmm. So what about you? You, um, you've been talking about uh, Badass on a couple of uh, episodes now. Yeah, so I, well, I was going to read it, and I have since read it, and it's a good book. So, You're a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness. Um, it is, it's a pretty good book. It is, a, you know, it's, it's another one of those books that uh, she, 
you just can't, you can't get offended by what people say about their own beliefs. And she kind of, she talks about God, but she kind of talks like more generically. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's just not a hang up for me. So if somebody's reading it and they get hung up on that, like, don't get hung up on that. Just, you know, <laughs> that that's what she believes. It's okay. You right. Move yeah. on. Move but, on. But, but I mean, it's I guess it's a difference if if they're using it as a platform and a soapbox and you know, like it's really just a disguise of preachiness. Yeah. You know, if that's but if like if 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 I'm giving you a bunch of useful information and oh by the way, this is something I believe, I can tolerate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she doesn't do that. She does a good job. And, you know, cause she kind of refers, she talks about God, but then she kind of refers to God as like the universe. If the universe is telling you, you know, to do this or to do, you know, instead of if God is telling you to do this, which is the way that I would see it. But I, like I said, I just don't get hung up on that because right. you, you won't get, you'll miss the message. And there's always, there's always good stuff in there. Right. And, uh, and it was good. I mean, overall it was a, it was a good read. I mean, it was a, it was a fun read too. You know, sometimes you have, you know, like I'm reading again, think and grow rich, but that's more like eating your vegetables, you know, <laughs> than like, this is a fun book to read. You right. know, right. there's there stories that you find, Oh, that's interesting. But you don't say, well, that was fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thanks. Yay, thanks. But yeah, so it is a good book and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good advice for people who have never read motivational reading. Okay. If you'd never read motivational reading, you'd be like, "Wow, this is some really awesome stuff that I've never heard of or you know, thought of before." Uh but but she does a she does a really good job of and she is a woman. So I would say that a woman might find more out of it mm. uh, than a man would. Not that a man wouldn't get anything out of it, but there were definitely having daughters. I think of my daughter's self-esteem and my language so that I don't put down their self-esteem. You know, I want them to think that they're, you know, a beautiful young woman that has confidence and strength and whatever. Yeah. And, so if you were a woman who was kind of struggling with those things, she says a lot of things that would help uh, a woman affirm herself along those lines. Not specifically to that. It's just kind of, I was kind of, I could see that point of view having daughters, you know, it just was kind of obvious to me. Yep. Uh, but if you're a regular man without daughters, you probably wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> So, but it was a good, it was a good book. And I think, uh, I, I advised my oldest daughter to read. I said, you should read this. Forget the language, you know, cause as she just says a couple bad words, not any, yeah, you know, just, it was more color than anything else. All right. Uh, cool. but yeah, so, it was, and I got it off of audible. It was on sale, you know, it was like a dollar 97. Like, well, I can't pass this up. <laughs> well, speaking of audible, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on a little bit. Um, we've got a couple more books, but um, why don't we talk about those next time? Okay. Let's, let's move those into the uh, deferred column. Um, <laughs> because one of my nifties is um, uh, more, well, you just mentioned Audible. Mm-hmm. And there's something called openaudible.org. I saw that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a Java-based application, which will uh, basically convert your Audible books into non-copy protected stuff. <laughs> Isn't that illegal? 
No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, openaudible.org. Try it out. Your mileage may your mileage and legality may vary. Yeah, your mileage and legality. (laughs) But uh, continuing on uh, the trend of uh, stuff from the library and Mm -hmm. having to buy it on Audible. Boston Public Library, in addition to affiliations with Hoopla Digital, which we've covered before, mm-hmm. uh, also provides audiobooks through other apps. Uh, and um, one of them I used a few weeks ago to read a book. It was called Overdrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the one I read the um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff on. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called uh, RB Digital. And these are all just different delivery platforms. So I authenticate with my Boston Public Library credentials, and then I get these books. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those are nifty little platforms. But, uh, again, check out your library because they might have a lot. There are, like, there were books on my Amazon shopping wish list. Mm-hmm. So, let me see. And, you know, because I would first go over to Hoopla, and it's not there. I would have uh, – I used to give up. Mm-hmm. Now, for the last few months, no, I go over to, to my library website and I look there. It's like, yeah, instant download on this audiobook. You just need this app. So, yeah. pretty slick. I uh, recently read one, but we'll talk about that next uh, next episode. And I'm reading another, which we'll also cover next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the library is a really good source for book. I mean, it always has been, but you kind of forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, in the age of ease of Amazon and stuff like that, it's really easy to forget about something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's nice to see that they're competing pretty well, giving you easy access to stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was a little more of a hoop to get it than down than uh, to get it through audible, but not that much more. Mm -hmm. Certainly worth the price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do like the because uh, I I I used Hoopla for the books or the books that I had borrowed from the library, and the library had some uh, had some things that you know because once you kind of get an Audible, you you kind of establish a pattern of what type of books you like, and you kind of keep getting suggested those types of books. Absolutely. And I went to Hoopla, and because it didn't have any history on me, it showed me a whole bunch of other books. And I was like, hey, I like this. This is cool. You know? <laughs> so I don't know if there's a way. We need to find out if there's a way to reset our Amazon, uh, you know, like. Your likes and not likes and stuff? Yeah, likes and not likes to maybe establish some new likes. Maybe I, I don't know. And that's really tricky. Like if you ever shared your Amazon account with anybody else. No. And that's the weird thing. You know, so I constantly on my Kindle, Harlequin romance novels are what they suggest for me over and over. And, and I, t- I tell my wife, I said, look, look at this book that they're trying to get me to read. I mean, and it's, you know, like a woman with a man with a ripped, you know, chest and open and yeah, it's man in a... Yeah, man in a fireman outfit, man in a, you know, no head, just body. I mean, it could be the same one. And I said, look at my reading history. You know, this one's on Navy SEALs. This one's on, you know, all these other clearly masculine things or, you know, neutral. (laughs) She says, I I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to round you out, you know, because you don't have enough feminine stuff in your reading list. So they're trying to... (laughs) It's like masculine or neutral. I like that. I like that. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of, you know, generally speaking, I, I don't always like it when a woman is the, a woman author gets, tries to be the, the mind of a man in the book and generally men as a woman. I don't, I like it when they're the author in the main character. If it's, there's a lot of inner dialogue. I like the man to be a man and the woman to be a woman when it comes to relational, like if it's a relational book, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's not relational, then I don't get, it doesn't get weird, but I feel like, you know, when a woman's writing from a man's perspective and he's talking about love, I'm like, a man's brain doesn't work like that. That's how you want it to work. And that's how you think it might work, but it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yep. Well, gender's a touchy subject these days. So let's close on that. <laughs> All right. So um, we do want your feedback. Mm-hmm. And you can submit that to us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a contact form. It goes straight to me and to Adam, both Mm -hmm. of us. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I don't even remember, do we still have a Facebook page or did that go away when I deleted my account? No, you you sent it over to me. Yeah, because you're the admin, so you would inherit it. So yeah, we're on Facebook if you can find us. Good luck. And then contact you at Peter Nicolaitia. Nicolaidia.com. That's right. <laughs> so uh, your business is at sublimecomp.com. Comp, that's correct. Computer. Uh, my business is at paradigmcc.com. And if you're smart enough to be my client, you're smart enough to figure out how to spell that. <laughs> my yoga is at yogawithpeter.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're both on Twitter, right? We are. You are, you use your, you use your sublime account though, right? Yeah. I'm sublime comp on Twitter. Sublimecomp.com and sublime comp on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm Nicolaitis on Twitter. And again, if you want to follow me, well, it's, you got to spell it very carefully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else or is it time to, uh, you know what? I think, I think it is time. We didn't say that we didn't say the a word all day. So we're great. (laughs) that is true well we talked about audible yeah we talked about audible so that's close (laughs) and we didn't talk about the divorce and uh i just heard i haven't been following anything about that but were were the jeff bezos picks uh, did that have anything to do with the uh, the divorce i don't know what you're talking about oh (laughs) all right well, anyway, we'll have, to cover, we'll have to do a little research and cover that one next time. <laughs> On that note, Adam, would you please hit the big red button? <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. <laughs>